Here we go, episode 265, Reserve Police Force for America. I am your host, Alpha Mike, and we are transmitting high atop of Florida's peninsula at 108 feet. Today we're going to discuss the most important element of policing, which is a consistent workforce. You don't have enough cops or enough officers, deputies, then you're losing half the battle. So today, we're going to spell out the reasons why law enforcement needs a a reserve police force for America like yesterday. How do you get in contact with us? RaiderCop.com. You can hear the audio portion of our website, all our episodes from number one to 265 and beyond. RaiderCopNation.com. You can get more information about us, upcoming shows, past shows, does Kilo Sierra really part his hair in the middle, whatever you want to know, you'll find it there. You can find us on social media by going to Raider Cop, Raider Cop Podcast, or Raider Cop Nation. And we're probably on every um, social media outlet today. So just look, look us up, you'll find us, get in contact with us, socialize with us. That's what social networking is all about. Now, most importantly, you're looking for gun training and you're in the New Jersey South area, Philadelphia, Kilo Sierra. He's your guy. Proven leadership and skill in firearms training and you won't be in the absolute depressed or saying, wow, why did I ever get this guy as an instructor? Because the excellence is outstanding and you're going to love love it and you're going to thank me for it years to come. South Florida, it's easy. Triple A, let's take out our pencils and our crayons and our cardboard box if we're on the left. And spell it out. A-A-A-Gunsafety.com. It's that simple. There, you're getting in contact with the chief instructor, and they will hook you up to a class that is also you're not going to, and absolutely not going to regret your decision on hooking up with AAA Gun Safety. And if you're in the central Florida or west coast of Florida and you're looking for gun training, look me up, Alpha Mike, on RaiderCopNation.com where it says contact. Drop me a line. And if I can't do it, because it's really not in my vicinity, I'll find you an instructor. Today's episode 265, we dive in and explore why police forces need a a reserve force faster than yesterday and primarily because the national guard is their reserve force um elements of the coast guard are reserve forces as well so it's it's worked and worked very effectively in the military policing maybe 70s and 80s had an emphasis on building reserve forces. Today, is dwindled down to almost nothing. 
But we have this dilemma with uh, the new generation that exists that if the schedule doesn't fit, then they want to quit and therefore they don't want the job. So we're going to look at that and much more. But we have to go through our three depressing stories. Yes, I know. Of Uncle Joe at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. We're going to contact our bipolar uncle and see what in the world he's up to this week on the three stories of working or living in the Bolshevik states of woke. Tasha called the servants of the mental with her bipolar uncle, uh, bipolar. Our first story takes us to Uncle Joe as he unveils another massacre of the United States. This one is a massive $500 billion effort for the fighting of climate change. You know, the hoax that Al Gore came up with many, many moons ago. Well, it's continuing. And the maniacs are out in force as they fly around the world on jet fuel, just steaming it out of the back of the plane, killing our climate, asking for more money. Uncle Joe is at the ready, signing checks with a big smile on his face because he, he, Joe Biden, is going to fix our climate. Boy, if you believe that one, I got some property for you. Hmm. Our second story takes us to Uncle Joe adjusting after nine months of catastrophe at the White House. He's adjusting to actually living and working there. You see, he keeps on going to Delaware to go hang out on the weekends. And he loves it there so much. You know, he was their senator for three decades says a whole lot about that constituency and he keeps on going back there for absolutely no reason other than drooling and walking around he is America's part-time president and lastly our third story takes us to New York City where protesters are up in arms against the mandated vaccine man they're not with it they don't like uh, Mayor DeBozo's edict, and they definitely don't like President Biden's edict of a mandated vaccine. So the slogan of let's go branding is cheering and knocking down supersonic buildings in New York City. But the only problem is they're not saying let's go branding, they're saying something else. But you kind of get the drift. And we'll just tell you the initials FJB. And that wraps up our three stories of living in the Bolshevik and working. We're adding that to the line, too. Living and working in the Bolshevik states of book. Now, you got it depressed. I know you are. But you know and I know I've got that joke. Personally picked it out. Let's get those hips rolling. As that sounds, some music starts getting you in the rhythm. Here we go. A Canadian psychologist is selling a video that teaches you how to test your dog's IQ. Here's how it works. If you spend $12.99 for the video, your dog 
is smarter than you. Like you've never spent unwanted money on your dog. Today's episode 265, Reserve Police Force for America. Why we need this done. We're waiting for the clowns to get ready. We should have reserve clowns because sometimes the active clowns are not where they're supposed to be hiding or drinking coffee excessively, which makes a lot for a lot of noise and stuff. But once they're ready, they will let... And they just told us they're ready. Episode 265, Reserve Police Force for America. Episode 265, Reserve Police Force for America. It's time to take out our crayons and cardboard boxes. We're going to go through the outline of today's presentation, starting with number one, reserve. Number two, why now? Number three, the benefits for agencies. Number four, the unions. Number five, pay and benefits. Number six, how it would work. Number seven, buy-in as an open book. And wrapping it off with number eight, thinking out of the box. Reserve units have worked excellence in military, National Guard, Coast Guard. Every branch has a a reserve unit all over of the United States where weekend warriors go to work and they do an excellent job. Reservists also become active duty during wartime. They've shown that time and time again in our history. And so they are a very important force to the military. But police agencies in America have taken the reserve concept and they've placed it on the shelf. Reserves being probably most active during the late 70s, early 80s, started falling off the agency's books once they noticed it was troublesome, it was hectic, and it was costly to find these people to serve in the ranks. The unwillingness of agencies to create a reserve force put a lot of expectation on future growth. Now, you might not know this, but police agencies in America are very dependent on a civilian legislative process for funding. That being the case, the left or the wacky progressives would always curb their agenda for their own purposes. So the 
reliant agencies on growth in the future, many of them miscalculated. There's no secret that during the era of Ronald Reagan, eight, eight years of presidency, law enforcement agencies doubled in size as money became apparent and the Reagan administration declared war on drugs. Of course, today there's a big opinion on it, you know, people doing life sentences for drug charges and then opening up cells and letting them go, saying that that was wrong. But regardless of where you see yourself on that issue, the issue that we have before us is why have these reserve units just gone to waste? Now, Shaq O'Neal, the basketball player, is one active proponent to reserve units. He himself has, for many, many years, as well as Lou Ferrigno, better, a.k.a. better known as the Hulk, they have served honorably as reserves officers. Now, when you're a celebrity of that magnitude, most of the time your service to the agency is one of the celebrity status so that the community sees you in their uniform and it pays a lot of dividends for the agency in public support. But as a reserve officers, uh, Shaq O'Neal as well as Lou Ferrigno have those duties of a police officer. You know, there's no difference. They can execute arrests and so forth. Where they have fallen short is, I don't know why they haven't riding the broad shoulders of the Shaq O'Neal's and the Lou Ferrigno's in recruiting Americans to join. You know, there are a lot of people that have become very successful in private corporations. Some have branched out to become lawyers. Some have become good in the medical profession. And they just didn't see their probably childhood fantasy of being a law enforcement officer a possibility, at least on a full-time basis. So they have jumped on an imaginary one. Now, some agencies do have these reserve programs, and they train you, and you kind of serve. And those agencies that have them God bless them. But I think America in itself really needs this. We're going to continue as we look at our outline. So we talked about what the reserve units are, the definition, and why now? Well, we live in troubled times where there's so much issue and emphasis on police reform. So making a smaller outfit right reserve you're only going to work x amount of hours a month let's say you know calculating it roughly you're a part-timer and as a part-timer there are going to be more civilian components jumping on board of course as a reservist they have to go to an academy they have to be well trained and before they can go out to the workforce but they will bring that aspect 
and unify the law enforcement agency with the civilian world. A little bit more effective than having coffee with a cop. The reserve units really help out probably in non-essential areas a little bit better for the agency. I'll explain. Parades, uh, large gathering of activities, you can get that reserve force to work those specific details. Traffic, traffic uh, citations, traffic investigations. Um, there's a lot of things that these reservists can actually do to get those active units out there. And for the active guys, they go, oh, that's bullshit because I want to work that traffic detail too. Well, a large reserve unit should put the active guys in a better driving seat to get into these sections of the agency that they only dream about today. Detective Bureau, special type of units in the agency because an abundance of more officers handling more calls will loosen up that active workforce to have better positions. It's a win-win for everybody. The benefits for the agency. First of all, you start clearing out some of these inactive positions that a lot of agencies have on their budgets. Inactive positions is a way of saying, I don't have anybody in that position right now, but I don't want to get rid of it because I really need it. So I'm going to beg, borrow, and steal to keep it. And in the meantime, I'm just going to like beg all out to the legislation to fund this imaginary position that I have. And a lot of agencies have what civilians might call ghost positions. So they're inactive positions on the roster because they lost somebody. Let me explain to you how that works. So let's say that officers have a bid system where they're allowed to move around the agency, not to make it very difficult, once a year. You put in your bid, I want to go to midnight, I want to go to day shift, I want to go to uh, west side, north side, uh, and, and so forth. And then everybody gets in their respective positions. They're granted based on seniority and they fluctuate into these fluid positions. Once they're there, let's say, let's take an imaginary section, uh, west side, west section, five of, uh, let's say 50 officers get promoted. They'll go from officer to sergeant. So those are five vacancies you're going to have now because sergeants will move on. They might leave that western or west district and go, let's say, to the east district because there's where they need supervisors. So there's a plus minus on the budget. Two during this bid system might retire. Three may quit. Four may give fired. So, you kind of following? So we started with 50 and before the year goes out for the next rotation, you might be down to a workforce of maybe 35. And you've lost 
you know, those 15. Now you're filling those 15 in with overtime, supervisors going and responding to calls, but you're keeping those bodies on your budget because you're afraid to remove them because you're downgrading or defunding your own agency. So the benefit that this would have for agencies is there is a body, even though it's, let's say on a part-time basis, let's, I don't know, I'm just going to do quick figures here. Let's say four part-timers, four reserve officers would equal one full-time one. Let's just say for the sake of argument, you can hold that position a lot easier. So there is a benefit to the agency in using a workforce that's flexible because of the scheduling. The unions, boy, do they play a very important role. Now, unions have, for the most part, been against this. Most unions, their public line is, we don't interfere with the decisions that agencies make. Yeah. That and uh, bologna is about the same recipe. They do. And they bargain for officers and deputies' salaries, positions, and benefits. And they see part-timers as a threat to that collective agent, agency, bargaining agent, because of the fact that part-timers, if they're in a work-free state like Florida, you don't need a union. So therefore, not to try to reinvent the wheel, they rather just do away with the reserve force. But I think that's a miscalculation of a lot of unions. I believe if they negotiate with agencies to have a percentage of the agency go reserve and based on their hourly a month rate that they're going to be working they should be charging right I mean let's just say for the sake of argument that an active duty officer a pay period pays uh, let's say $40 in dues well a part timer is not going to pay 40 because he doesn't work 40 hours get it so they should would be covered under anything in the bargaining agent as well. So I think it's a lack of initiative on the part of unions and municipalities, counties, townships in incorporating this and getting this done. It's everything is Sputnik, you know, that missile that's never going to make its destination. And so they make everything difficult. Never going to happen. Never. Never in a thousand years. And that's a bunch of baloney. Anything can be negotiated and worked on. So unions have a role to start becoming a little bit more open-minded. And the way I feel and the way I think, if as a union, if anything that's in place is not affected, I'm open-minded to it, right? I'm an open book. Now, if you're telling me that what's coming in is going to harm the active collected and bargaining agent, then I would frown upon it. But it doesn't. It should complement it. 
and and sometimes you got to negotiate some of those positions. You got to get off your high. You got to go to work, guys. You got to go to work and get it done. Pay and benefits. Well, obviously, if you're working 20, 24 hours a month, you're not going to make a whole lot of money. But these guys should be at a standard based on their um, educational level, experience. I wouldn't pay them, you know, $15 an hour like Bernie says. I would pay them relative to their educational and experience and position them as such. But the benefits that a lot of uh, part-timers going to look for is not necessarily money, especially if they're doing very well in their 40-hour job. A lot of the benefits they're going to look at is getting better training, having the ability to uh, go to the range. You know, what an active officer is allowed to do. Some other people are going to reach out for that benefit as health care. I might be a retiree and my health care benefits are killing me. So getting back on the saddle, not on a full-time, but on a part-time reserve basis allows me uh, what I desperately want, let's say, which is health benefits, helps the agency. It's a win-win for everybody. So everybody in pay and benefits is going to have their own selfish reason. Now, where a lot of agencies are hypocritical is that they keep these ghost jobs on their budget, these vacant positions, but the benefit most of the time is not attached to it, right? The salary might be attached within the budget, but the benefit, like retirement benefit or health benefit that the agency provides, well, they're not on the budget. The pay is. So when that big budget comes into the agency for them to run their operation for one year, that that salary would be there. But you can't really put the health benefit in there because they're imaginary. There's nobody there. So the pay and benefits would really transform a lot of these agencies into being more open book. What you see is what you get. Not like now, it's the three-card Monty. Try to find the, the peanut underneath the shell because what you're necessarily reading on the budget doesn't mean that that's what's actually working out there. That's the way it works now. So how is it going to work? Well, you would obviously going to get assigned most likely either a support operation or a patrol operation. Let's also include our friends in the forgotten position in corrections which a lot of people would raise their hand and say, we've been forgotten a long time ago. But having retirees go into that field as well would free up a lot of the stuff that correction officers have to do uh, behind the scenes. And I don't think that that's really defined very well. That's why there is no reserve program for a lot of correction departments because they don't want to. They don't want to deal with the monster. They don't want to tell their active officers, COs, oh no, you're going to keep on working the unit. We're going to bring in a 
part-time reserve unit, and they're going to get all the uh, cushy uh, paperwork operations. They don't want to hear that. So there has to be another negotiation, get the union in, and start thinking these things out. If they're workable for your agency, they're probably more workable for jails with sheriffs than they are the prison system, which is a little bit more complex and always short-staffed. So a reserve unit there would be like a catastrophe. It's like a Joe Biden exit operation out of Afghanistan. It's just not going to work. So so number seven, we, we talked about buy-in as an open book. The buy-in would be and should be by the community is you're going to be hiring people on a part-time basis, pretty good paying benefits. A lot of these people have civilian jobs, so there's a connection to the civil world and law enforcement, bonding them two together. And a lot of people that are professionals and willing to do these things and become part of the reserve not only are they getting the benefits that they're looking for, they're also going to be an advocate in the civilian community by telling people the hard work and dedication that law enforcement does on a day-to-day operation. And I think we've lost that with programs like having coffee with a cop. None of those things transfer very well into the mentality of a civilian. And doing a reserve unit that you are a civilian by theory you're working 40 hours and you're working let's say 20 24 hours a month in this police department you're trained you're learning the ropes and the doctrines of these officers so you're a bridge between both worlds and that becomes an open book to a lot of these people that don't trust police departments and how they are run and I think the more you allow something like this to happen the more accepting that that community is to their police department so I think that's a win-win and lastly thinking out of the box now reserve units are nothing strange in law enforcement they've been around ever since Moses wore shorts but the willingness of agencies has not been fully there which translates to one thing you know how Nancy Pelosi and our government love to throw away money just print it up get it going get those presses going and just throw billions of dollars at you know studying the teachy fly they government that's who they are you've probably been trying to wonder who they are for many years so they are the government they have been for many many years willing to support causes that fulfill their political agenda supplementing the police force properly is not one of them because the people have not demanded it if the population demand from their local governments hey this is what I want I want a reserve force then it'll happen but people have to ask for it 
So thinking out of the box and saying, this can work in our agency. Hiring yourself a chief and saying, chief, your first priority is not having social reform here or, 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 or some crazy concept. Your first priority is going to be to create and supervise a, and manage a reserve police force. That would be the funnel to get people in. Most likely, a lot of the reservists might even just switch careers when it's doable for them. You never know. But the lack of doing it and, and, and this crying, I don't have money, is one of the big problems. But it all translates to this. Put your ear to the speaker. If there's no federal money, nobody wants to do it. No federal chavo, nobody wants to do it. And that's the big twist on today's episode. So as Nancy and the rest of the boys and girls up in Washington are just burning $100 bills, burning them, and having our great-grandchildren pay for this stuff into their late 90s, it's about time that the American citizens start. You want reform? Let's start with a reverse, a reverse, a reserve police department. It's a small step. It really has to be managed. You can't pull six figures and not do your homework on this reserve program. And it starts to become something. Like everything else, it takes a while. Two years, three, five. But it'll transform. Now, I am not advocating for an auxiliary volunteer. This is the biggest bunch of cheap BS I've ever heard. Especially agencies like New York, they have trillions of dollars and they have an auxiliary force with, I don't even know what kind of make-believe badge they're using. No gun, no nothing. You're out there looking like a complete goof with a uniform and you're a volunteer. Come on. Trillion dollar operation and this is the best you can come up with. There's got to be some initiative on both sides. Up next, trick or treat. And we know that God's word is always a treat. There are no tricks in his word. And that's episode 266 as we continue to explore the last days with trick or treat last days. And that comes out October 31st. Uh, how do you like those? Calendar reviews. So now let's transition to the word of the week and we're going to close it off because without the power of God in your life, you have nothing. You trained up, you went to school, you became smart, you got a great job, you're moving on, along. You're like uh, George and Wheezy going on the up on the uptown on the east side. But you don't have God on your side. You're half the person. You're not there. You're just not fully rounded. So today we're going to look at the book of Matthew's chapter 10, verse 16. And it says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. As always, continue to pray for yourself because without you in the game, we have nothing. 
test everything and hold fast what is good. This is Alpha Mike, and I'm gone.